Hi guys, it's Julie, and welcome back to College Girls Go Crazy, the podcast. This is episode 21. I hope you guys have enjoyed all 20 episodes prior to this. Um, Give them a listen or, you know, find one that you haven't heard yet that you want to listen to right after this one. Stay caught up. Got lots of good and exciting episodes already done in the past. So yeah, if you're new here, due to this episode, definitely check out some of the previous ones. I think if you enjoy this episode, you'll enjoy all the others. And um, yeah, today's episode, I have a super awesome guest. I actually sat down with Ellie, who is the founder of Booty Bag, which is this really poppin' and successful underwear subscription company that is honestly all over Instagram and has been for a while. Um, the cutest little branding and packaging and message which we're gonna get all into in this episode but first things first I did just want to say that that is who this episode is about and I'm gonna give some updates on my life at the beginning as per usual um because I think we're still enjoying these and I think it's fun to talk about myself I'll be completely honest and that leads me to my first question that I wanted to ask in this intro I wish I could actively get a response But my roommates and I have been trying to decide, or I've been asking those around me, if we think that I am objectively funny. Meaning that am I funny to everyone or just those within a certain circle? Because I have a very, I can have a very niche sense of humor that if you don't get, I'm probably so boring. But then sometimes I think I have the ability to appeal to the masses. So I'm curious if like listening to my podcast, if you ever think it's even slightly funny that's not necessarily the goal when I interview people is to crack jokes obviously but I was like I don't know if I narrate or animate it enough to keep it you know fairly entertaining I like to think that I do but yeah I guess I'm just curious if I'm really so unfunny and annoying or if sometimes I have the ability to be funny so if you care enough I would absolutely love it if you were to text me or dm me and be like no you're funny or actually shut up. I've never laughed at anything you've ever said. So yeah, please let me know. Anyways, it's basically midterm season, which is so interesting. I feel like I've been in school for like a month because we literally have maybe like six weeks now. But oh my God, the ball has begun to roll. We are getting busy. I have a lot going on. I went home last weekend because I needed to go to the doctor and you know, doctors be closed on the weekend. So I went on a Monday And so to just be home from a Sunday to like a Tuesday was so weird. You know, that's not something I do frequently. And I'll be the first to admit that it threw me off my routine like crazy and that I did not adjust well. I didn't go home with all of my school things and that has set me for this spiral of being behind in one of my classes and I have the time to catch up, but then there's midterms that are more present. And so I don't know. I just wanted to say that I'm a big routine gal and I'm trying to be more flexible and adapt because now you have to like work extra hard to play catch up and I hate playing catch up and so yeah being thrown off my routine is definitely affected like the podcast life's not the podcast that was no that's not what I was trying to say but just like affected the time that I had to spend on the podcast because now I have less time to do my homework I don't even know but basically is I did get thrown off my routine by going home and I'm very happy to be back up in Boulder. Um, 
yeah, I don't really do much other than school, but my roommates and I have been watching some really good movies that I wanted to give some shout outs to. We watched a lot of the like Golden Globe nominees. Um, so Palm Springs, really funny. Really liked that one. It's um like a time warp movie where they try to like not relive the same day over and over again. So if you're interested in that, really good. And I did also want to say that the number one movie trending on Netflix right now is I Care A Lot. It's about this con artist. Um, I really did not enjoy it. None of my roommates did either. If you liked it, um, I could see where you're coming from if you haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to go ahead and say don't watch it. Um, one, it's two hours long and I don't really have an issue with movies that are two hours. But a movie that is two hours that easily could have been accomplished in like an hour and 20 minutes and then potentially been more entertaining and more worth it, that's that's where the problem lies. Um, this movie felt genuinely never-ending and ultimately at the very end you end up exactly where you kind of think she will the whole time and so what was the reason for like 45 minutes of the useless and unentertaining action maybe I'm not a film critic who am I to speak I just honestly didn't really enjoy watching it so I was gonna say that we've been watching a lot of good movies but also have watched plenty of bad ones send me the movie recommendations um so far so good we've been doing a great job we also have kind of a list going what to watch which makes the decision process easier so um yeah lots of movies and lots of homework and also lastly lots of crafts um my roommates and I decided yesterday that it was going to be absolutely 100% necessary to take about two hours out of our afternoon to build a scale rating the vibes of about 10 fraternities here on campus. What does that mean? I literally have not one clue. Why did we do it? I, I don't know. Does it make any sense? Probably to only us. Um, so yeah, I call this um, a roommate craft because we we're actually also in the process of yet another craft where we decided that the next step is to rank some of the people that we hang out with like a dance mom's pyramid. And before you're like, that's really shitty and rude, we will be rating only the men that we hang out with who are not in fraternities. And um, it's all fun and games. And it's also a serious, serious joke coming from boredom and cabin fever. So I honestly highly recommend that maybe you tackle both of these assignments um, for you within uh, your college university or your inner friend circle. If you are looking for something to discuss with your roommates and really um, overreact about, those are those are two great places to start. So <laughs> that was so annoying of me to just explain, but that's what goes on inside my head. If you're listening to me speak right now and you're like, what the fuck is she saying? Th- exactly my point exactly that's what goes on inside my head oh my god that was kind of weird of me I feel like I just let you guys into like this part of my life that I I'm fully aware of is slightly insane but yeah that that's me movies crafts humor (laughs) The, the whole shebang the whole shebang but um okay that's enough moving forward now let's talk about ellie i briefly introduced her and her brand and her product but some of the topics that we actually get into in this episode 
so amazing. I'll just shed some light on a few of them. But we talk a lot about Booty Bag's um, kind of brand empowering real women. None of their pictures are edited and they're all of actual consumers loving their product and really feeling themselves, which, you know, I'm all here for. We talk a lot about that. We also just kind of talk about how this innovation sparked from Ellie being fed up, honestly, with like the current underwear shopping options she was not pleased with them and she saw this hole in the market and she was able to grow this amazing brand from nothing actually and the coolest part about this is that ellie actually fun twist on an episode didn't actually end up going to college or pursuing higher education she graduated high school with plans to probably um just continue working. We talk a lot about um, the jobs that she worked post-grad and all throughout high school. But um, yeah, she's kind of just has this inner entrepreneurial spirit, which we talk again a lot about that kind of just led her to building this brand. And I think that her story is amazing because my whole thing here is to inspire us through these transformative years of our life, whether they are spent four years in college, two years in college, no years in college, just working, um, traveling, like no matter what it is you do, there's so many different ways to get what you want out of this time period of your life, whether you have a slower or faster trajectory or whatever that looks like. And so when I was interested in interviewing Ellie and she was like, I'm sorry, like I didn't proceed um receive you know higher education I was like I don't care that's absolutely perfect because you are out here doing amazing things that we are all comp like all able to do if we set our minds to it regardless of our level of education and so I actually thought that she spoke to the brand of this podcast so well and we haven't had anybody on the podcast who has taken that track yet and so talking to her and having this different perspective and this really mature business perspective because she does have a decent amount of experience under her belt is really inspiring and I think really cool about this episode is Ellie was actually just on Shark Tank and she landed a deal with Kendra Scott you can watch her pitch on YouTube and I will be linking it down below of course And so it was really cool to kind of hear about the behind the scenes of that whole process for her. I absolutely love that show. And I was like, tell me everything. Tell me everything. Like, you know, it's obviously produced for TV. What was it really like? And so that was so much fun to talk about, um, which I think you guys will really enjoy. I think Shark Tank is so cool. And the fact that she just kind of went for it and they absolutely fell in love with her was so entertaining to hear about. So. Stay tuned to hear about all of those amazing, amazing things that Ellie has been able to accomplish, as well as some things that she and Booty Bag are going to accomplish into the future. So I hope I did this episode justice and you're still entertained. So yeah, let's get into it. Here's my talk with Ellie. College girls go crazy. Hi, Ellie. Thank you so much for agreeing to sit down with me today. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm getting through. I feel like a long weekend always makes for a hard Tuesday, Wednesday, but grateful to be doing it. That's so funny because I forgot that it was a long weekend because I did not get off of school. And so I right. did not have that luxury. Yes. So I totally forgot that that happened, but um, we're getting back into it. And I'm so happy to have you here. And I start off every single one of my episodes by asking all of my guests, What's one crazy thing that they accomplished this past week that you want to share? 
Um, I just made a big personal move. So I just moved into like out of a roommate situation onto my own. So that's exciting for me personally. And from a work perspective, we just hit um, a pretty outrageously good sales number for um, our monthly recurring revenue that we weren't expecting to hit. And we've just gotten a lot of momentum from Shark Tank. So uh, we had a big internal celebration around that and just trying to remember, you know, appreciation and um, not look at just all the goals ahead. So yeah, I think we took a good break internally and had a good celebration, which I was stoked about. So two, two good things. Yeah, good. Congrats to you. That's so exciting. I'm excited to dive deeper into some of those things that you just mentioned so everyone can know more. Um, Really quick, I like to share my crazy thing also. And it's kind of hard for me to come up with these just because my life is fairly repetitive in this like online learning environment. But this past weekend, my brother, he's in high school, he and his girlfriend and their friend came to stay with me for the weekend. And they're all picking colleges and they had never seen Boulder. So it was really fun for me to like drive them around and show them campus and like get to experience what it would be like up here. Cause I think they were all like, oh yeah, this is my third choice. And I think after being here, they were like, wait, this is really cool. So yeah, that was just fun. And like, I don't, my brother doesn't come to visit me very often. So that was really fun. Um, but moving forward, if you want to go ahead and just give us a little rundown, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into it. Sure. Yeah. So Ellie at Go By Ellie. I'm the founder of Booty Bag. Um, I started Booty Bag about five years ago, and it started as a total side passion project hustle, um, kind of on the you know basement of my apartment. Um, and I just really kind of resonated with the subscription box. I loved I, the idea of concept of getting something that was affordable every month. I just wasn't resonating with the um, you know, the makeup ones that were kind of out at that time. So something that came to mind was like, I need a necessity. I think underwear is affordable. I love getting something in the mail. I love getting underwear. Um, it just makes me feel sexy and good. And especially if I have a little matching top, I'm like, hell yeah. So I kind of combined the ideas. Nothing else was out at that point of time, five years ago and threw it up on Instagram and started, kind of my journey, which started as um, cutting tags off from Nordstrom's rack and packaging it up and, you know, just creating an experience instead of, you know, you doing it for yourself, I was doing it for you. Um, and then outgrew that. And now I'm designing and manufacturing our own label. Um, but yeah, it's a monthly subscription reoccurring. And it's a little bit different than like your standard um, subscription because you're able to customize and cancel and skip at any time. So it's more of like a shopping experience now, but started off as like a basic subscription. Yeah. Awesome. I've been seeing this on Instagram for such a long time. I, when, um, my friend JJ texted me, she goes, Kelsey knows the founder of booty bag. Like you need to talk to her. I was like, Oh my gosh, no way. Like I know booty bag. So (laughs) yeah, it's definitely really fun. I definitely saw it first on Instagram and definitely was like very aware of your brand. So I'm excited to learn more about it and the background. And so on College Girls Go Crazy, uh, there's obviously like an emphasis on like being able to like accomplish things while in these like really busy younger years of your life that are very transformative. And so I know that you chose not to pursue higher education. And so I would love it if you could kind of walk me through like the thought process and like how that decision was right for you. Yeah, you know, it's hard to look back and, you know, have any regrets or 
wish I took a different route, but I always wish I had gone um, to college because everyone was doing it. And it felt like odd man out to kind of miss that part of your life and think there's so much good opportunity there. Obviously, besides education, just relationships and connections and all the things, right? I feel like you're hindering yourself a little bit, not. Um, But for me, I was always very creative. I was always um, thinking outside the box. I was never interested in school. I couldn't maintain grades. And I, I wasn't pushed in that direction. My parents, um, both are entrepreneurs, both did not go to college. Um, and so I think, you know, growing up has a lot to do with that in my perspective on education. Um, I was also very interested in making money. Um, so I always had jobs. I was always working. I was pretty active, like, you know, between working three jobs and going to high school. So when I removed high school from that, I would just kind of continue that path. And um, I think also just watching my parents, you know, be successful as entrepreneurs. I just didn't have that classic um, perspective around, you know, the nine to five. I've never even seen a nine to five in that time in my life. So for me, corporate America wasn't even a conversation in the house. And so something that I didn't also think that I needed to pursue. So it's just a weird perspective change for me that I just wasn't exposed to it. And which is why I wasn't, you know, I didn't gravitate towards it. But um, I don't know if it's right or wrong for me, but obviously happy with how it resulted in booty bag. And I think everyone's path is just so different, right? Absolutely. That's just like another one of the things why I try so hard to get a variety of people on the show is because I'm like, literally, there are so many different ways or trajectories to reach your ultimate end goal. And so thank you for kind of sharing that different perspective. I know, for me, like I did see like the nine to five growing up, and I never didn't see it. And so like a world where my parents didn't do that, I think would be super interesting. And I think a lot of people that I have on are like, well, my parents are entrepreneurs. And so like, I love that too, because entrepreneurial spirit just kind of like getting passed down, I find really interesting because I feel like I definitely gravitate more towards that versus some others in my family. So maybe I'll start a spiral, who knows? (laughs) I think too, just it's interesting how much you're paying attention as you're growing up. I mean, I would say that I wasn't, you know, to what my parents were doing, but um, clearly I was to some degree. Yeah, before you even really realized it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that you were working um, like multiple jobs during high school. So you said you kind of kept up that path. And I'm curious when exactly you graduated high school to the start of Booty Bag five years ago. Yeah, there was um, probably two years in between. I think I was 24 when I first started Booty Bag. And yeah, I'm doing the math in my head. Yep. And in that in between time, my mom owns a hair salon. And so I grew up working in the hair salon. I also, like I kind of mentioned, was very more like hands, creative, um, very visual learner. So for me, you know, kind of watching my mom kind of seemed like she got to play dress up and go in and hang out with her girlfriends and cut hair and like always having a good time. That was what I was attracted to. I loved that like community. I loved like the, you know, kind of casual um, lifestyle that was also very nice for her. Um, So I went to pursue that path and then was hoping to take over my mom's salon at some point, but um, I was kind of still going through that education program. So those programs like take around like two years. So I had to have a few different jobs to support myself during that time. 
it's so fun that your mom um, owns a hair salon and then you kind of, you know, you have booty bag and so your own little like different ways of making women feel important and like proud of themselves when they leave the house because yeah. I put makeup on today. I said, no, I want this interview to go well. I want to feel good. <laughs> like, let's let's do it for ourselves yeah. today. Yeah. So that's definitely like a big interest of mine too is just like, I mean, what, you know, like if that's, if you're passionate about that, who wouldn't want to work in something that is fun, you know, like getting yourself yeah. to doing your hair. So totally, um, yeah, super cool. And so I'm curious, you said it was like around two years before you had started it. And so was there like an initial moment where you were like, okay, like something needs to happen to the way that we're currently buying underwear? Was it like a gradual realization? I'm curious if it's like, boom, light bulb, let's get started or, you know. Yeah. I mean, my, I, I take a lot of risks. I think you know, most entrepreneurs do, you're a little bit, um, you're comfortable taking risks if you're starting a business. I also didn't have any background, you know, on this, what a business plan looks like. And so for me, like step one was like, well, let's just get the product and put it online. Like I, there wasn't like a deep thought that needed to go into it. Like I would do now that, that I've done and run a business. Um, so I just, you know, naively dive, dove in and it wasn't as I was working on it, you know, I worked on it because I was like, I need some side cash. I think this idea is good. It resonates with me and my girlfriends. And if I have a hundred people sign up, let's just say that's a huge number. If I have a hundred people sign up, I'm going to be able to do this and it will put me through, you know, the six months of my education course. But while I was working on it, what I realized was like, holy shit, this is like resonating with other women women that I'm not even reaching out to just, you know, just from word of mouth or seeing it on Instagram. And it was like, kind of like that moment where I was like, all right, I think I'm on to something. Like I was hitting goals that, you know, I had just kind of laid out there. Just if I do this then I, I can quit this job, or if I do this, I can quit this job, or maybe I need to get a warehouse space. And I kind of just was taking it bite size every day. And I felt like one day I looked up and I was like, Whoa, I have employees. I have a team. I have like, I was like, we're in the big leagues. All right, cool. You know? So it was never like a perfectly mapped out process for me. And, and it was super messy and it still is. But, um, I think I kind of just dove for it and just, you know, curated it to the feedback I was getting and yeah, still am. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that back in 2015, Instagram in the world of like influencers was not even close to the monster that it is today and like yes it's always been a really powerful powerful tool but you mentioned how a lot of it was word of mouth and I'm curious like do you think that like Instagram was a really big part of this or like social media do you think that had a lot to do with like your growth and kind of it taking off yeah I mean everything was bootstrapped so for me, I mean, marketing, because Instagram wasn't the channel to market on originally, you know, five years ago, um, it was the only opportunity that I felt like I could afford, obviously, to give, you know, free product in exchange for a review or posts. Um, and the other channels would have been like media. I, I mean, I don't even know Facebook market, like Facebook advertising was out yet. You know, it was like commercial, like almost. So like there would be no way as a bootstrap company that I could be able to afford something like that. So um, kind of all the stars aligning and Instagram coming out at the same time. I remember thinking like, what is this platform even going to be used for? And then I was like, well, you know, if you have 300, you know, followers and I give you a product then 300 women will see this. And it was like, literally like that 
you know, caveman mentality of like, this is what I'm going to use it for. And it's almost unbelievable to like now, you know, people are getting educational degrees on like influencer marketing and that there's something to like a name to what we were doing. I know it's a really big, like growing market because a lot of the internships that I am currently looking for are like social media internships. And so funny because I feel like for someone like my generation, especially we've been on it for a really long time that some of these older stores that are like, I need help with my Instagram. I'm like, that's so crazy that you, you know, that you haven't been able to do that yet, but I guess it makes perfect sense. Cause like it, it wasn't the norm. Right. It was like the perfect storm for me. We were kind of like, we grew, we launched at the same timeline. So we kind of grew up together in those, you know, forming those connections and those um, partnerships early on before it was, you know, called influencer marketing um, allowed us to do it for free and allowed us to like not have to pay to play and um, really make some good partnerships as well with the women that were supporting the brand that we still have, which has been like pretty critical to our growth um, because we still do not really pay for any like paid placements. Oh, cool. That's really impressive. That's something that a lot of people I have on the podcast talk about with like pricing and, you know, so it's just, it's so untapped. There's no like rules for how you approach that type of marketing and that aspect of business. And so I feel like to be able to cut back on costs and just have like, you know, organic growth is really impressive and really cool. So that's awesome. (laughs) I did want to touch on, so you mentioned how like at first, obviously you were doing this yourself and then you kind of like grew a team. And so you mentioned launching. And so I'm curious, like when was it less of a side project and more of like its own brand? Like I'm going to continue to work towards this. Yeah. I mean, when I quit all my jobs, all of them. I like realized like I was working on something that could support my lifestyle and could support the women that were working for me. And, um, it was, wasn't ever a point of like, wow, I own a brand until I had my first like big mess up. And when I, when I messed up pretty big, I just remember like really needing to realize that I didn't have enough education and I didn't have enough areas besides Google to look at. And so I was like, I need to get involved with the community or, you know, online education of some sort, like, where can I find all this like knowledge or, you know, lessons learned. Um, And so I joined like an entrepreneur group. And at that time I sat down I showed like my business and went through my business like plan that I had, which was really probably embarrassing at the time. Um, But I was, you know, sitting at a table with people that were way smarter than me that had run businesses that had exited And it was the first position that I sat down and kind of laid them out, like what I was working on. And I just remembered their faces being like, wow, this is really impressive. Like, holy shit, like you're onto something here. And I like, maybe it was a validation that I needed or, you know, what, I don't know if I needed that from somebody else to like, look at me and say like, this is a brand, but that was the turning point in my head that I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm doing something. I need to get really serious about this. Like, um, you know, and using them as a network and then also like having that group to bounce ideas off of and, you know, really set in processes and get networked into the right people so that I could, you know, not, I I guess I could get the education I needed without having to go the like traditional route, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's so many resources out there. I didn't even know that entrepreneurship groups were something you could seek out. And yes, so yes. <laughs> it sounds like it brought good resources to you. That's so interesting because I always wonder, you know, like everyone's like, take advantage now, use your student card, you know, tell people that you need their help because you're a student. And I was like, well, what do I, where do all the resources go when I don't have that status yeah. anymore? I do feel like entrepreneurship has been so, it's so humbling because you feel so alone in the beginning. And I think maybe even as you pursue in deeper, it's more lonely, but everyone's walked it and everyone feels that. And there's a lot of humility in the process because you wear a lot of hats and you get dirty and you, you know, it's messy. Um, so I think there's a lot of empathy for entrepreneurs in the group where if anyone reaches out, I always return the, you know, the, the message and at least make, try to accommodate, make time or give a resource because people did that for me. I mean, that was the way I learned. That's the way that I am where I am. And never, ever, maybe one time out of all the cold emails that I like not get a response or not get something that was like nice and genuine. And I just remember thinking like, wow, I really want to give back. And I think that's kind of like the mentality of entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's really, yeah. I noticed that as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, like you helping me out right now. (laughs) I I think it's so critical because you will return the favor one day as well. Like, and that's just how the cycle should work. You know, it's so funny. I get a a ton of texts from my friends. Like, where do you record your podcast on? Like, what do you use? And like one day it was kind of similar. I'm like on Google and I'm like, what the heck is an RSS feed? Like, am I biting off more than I can chew? But you kind of just learn as you go for sure. (laughs) Totally do. We kind of all have that same, like similar experience, you know, like it's just, I actually was interviewing with this guy the other day and I was like, I'm ready to work and I'm ready to learn, but I definitely don't know everything. Like I, you know, I was like, I am going to need some help. Like I want to work on my Photoshop skills. Like they're not there yet, but like, I'm ready to get them there. And I feel like that that's like the most I can offer at this point, you know, is like my willingness to learn rather than like being the best at something already. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever is, you know, it's just always a continual process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to talk more about um, booty bag, booty bag as a whole. And so I was, you know, giving some looks around the website and I know that there's like a really big emphasis just on all your social media platforms on like empowering women. And I definitely think that's become more popular, like within society over time. So I'm curious, has your brand message morphed with these trends or has that kind of always been deep down the reason behind this? Yeah, um, twofold. So it's interesting because kind of going off the entrepreneurship and why I love being part of that community. What I love about being part of this brand and creating this brand is when I grew up, I was maybe also an issue. I was probably, you know, part of the mean girl society to some degree, but I remember just being bullied. I remember bullying girls. I remember, you know, it being a lot about looks and not being nice to each other. And I absolutely feel like I've done a 180, obviously personally, but for the brand and what the society is offering right now is like so much empowerment, so much support, so much about like helping each other out, talking positive, Um, you know, using social media as a way to empower one another and to come as you are. And I just, media in general, wasn't like that, you know, the across the board for marketing, like you had the Victoria's Secret runway show, you had the ads, you had everything in a magazine that was Photoshopped perfectly. You weren't given the opportunity to see 
a real life woman. And so when Instagram came out, we were like, well, shoot, like I, A, like really want to show this, you know, women in the product that are like real women, not edited, not, you know, Photoshopped. And so although it wasn't like a, you know, and we are empowering women um, movement at first of like our tagline, because I think that came after um, what I saw right out the gate was like, we were posting content of real women and the responses from women were like supporting and positive and like, I want more of this. And I was like, hell yeah, I want more of this too. And as we were continuing to do that, and as a society was allowing us to and changing, I think the conversation, those two things kind of like perfectly married together to be like, yeah, this is what we are about. And yeah, like we aren't going to edit our photos. And like, we were able to then kind of like put, um, you know, the brand story around that community aspect. aspect. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like I've noticed within like a lot of brands, maybe like trying to be more of accepting and then you just get all these scandals where people are really quick to be like, no, you messed up here. Like, how dare you? (laughs) And so I think good for you that you kind of had that, you know, planned out the whole time. Cause I definitely think it does resonate with people, especially with like undergarments. I feel like that's a really like vulnerable, like clothing line go towards. Um, And a lot of people, not necessarily like know where knowing where to look to like feel comfortable like with the brand that they're purchasing from um I don't know if that's something that like you noticed right off the bat like if people were ever like especially like thankful you know like okay like thank you I've been looking for this yeah yeah I mean we you know okay because I didn't have a business model I only had what feedback I could get from the customers and the consumers. And so the entire brand has like evolved in, you know, every product that we design and every image that we put out is really based off the community feedback. And what we were getting from women was like more of this, like, you know, and we don't always do the right thing or we don't always, um, you know, say and align properly with the community, but we're trying and we're open to feedback and improving and, um, we also kind of put it out to them too. So like all the images that come back are usually user generated. So that helps too. You know, if you want to see certain, something that looks like you send us an image, like, cool, we'll post it. So um, yeah, I think we're, we just lean on them more than we create the brand and allow them to come to us, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. So I want to talk a little bit more about what it is that you like offer. I know originally, I believe it was just the underwear you said you were cutting the tags off, kind of doing what you could, but is, you know, sales or um, demand grew higher and higher and you were kind of shifting into this like real big time business. Have the offerings changed? And I guess I would love to know what exactly it is you offer right now too. So underwear was always the core, like you said, and then we started launching into matching bralettes and same thing. I mean, like I have no design background, so it's been a big learning curve of like fit and construction and manufacturing and production, but you just bite off one thing at a time and, you know, you do your best, take the feedback as it comes in. And so everything is just really tested into for us. Um, Right now we use like the first year to launch the underwear line, which was a booty bag original label. And then this year we have a lot of feedback from the previous year, how to make any style that comes back like improved. We use all the feedback of the surveying and social media, and then we'll relaunch it with like 
what they said. If they don't like the waistband, we take the waistband off. If they don't like the, you know, frill on the edge, like that goes as well. So we're creating all the product really based off of what they say. Um, and so as we're going in, into bralettes, we're finding like some core bras that they love, um, bringing those back in colorways. And we're building the collection kind of slowly just based off of, um, I keep saying this, but based off of feedback. <laughs> and I personally like couldn't even tell you like one thing about what it would be like trying to interact with manufacturers and like get them to hand you samples of the product. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned like no design background. So are these pieces, are they coming like wholesale or do you have a team that's like, no, like this is like the booty bag. Underwear. Yeah. You can only get it booty bag. Good question. It's been, I feel like booty bags been so beautifully handed to me in, in so many ways because the growth has always been um, nicely proportioned where I've never felt to the point where I was overwhelmed that I couldn't do it. And I, and, and what I kind of related to is like riding a bike. Like, I feel like I've had a lot of training wheels and I've grown up of like, I went to Nordstrom's rack and cut the tags off. And then I felt like that I couldn't support the volume anymore. And at that point I had to learn something else. And then I learned in a private label and then I learned into, you know, manufacturing and I was given little things along the way that taught me. And it wasn't like all of a sudden I needed to design 40,000 bras and tomorrow I need to launch, you know, it was like such a natural progression that by the time I got there and turned around, I was like, wow, I'm riding this bike where before I was like, just one step at a time, you know? So to answer your question now, yes, we design and manufacture, but it has been like an evolution the entire time. Okay, totally. Is there a favorite like set or pattern that you've designed that you like, you're like, this is mine, like my baby kind of? Yeah, so we just, because, like I said, so it was one year ago that we did our own line. And then this year, um, we because we do all the feedback and then we're obviously, I keep saying this and we're so like community driven, we've actually renamed all the bestsellers into women. Um, and so you'll see an Elliot set come out. That is something that's like more my aesthetic and something that I really like. And I designed for myself selfishly, but it's a top and a bottom and it's an all lace set. And it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit sexy and a little bit sweet at the same time. So I'm excited to launch that, but all the women that have kind of like been strong in our DMS or community, like we have sets that are named after them. Wait, I love that. I'm so excited for yours to come out. That's kind of like a little cherry on top almost. Like this is my baby and now I really get to make it mine. Yeah, I mean, I hope everyone likes it, right? So yeah, <laughs> that okay, will be okay. the final, right? I'm sure they will. I'm excited to see it personally. Now I'm going to have like those notifications on. I'll be waiting. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so another big thing that I know that you just did and I watched was your appearance on Shark Tank. And yes. I have a lot of questions around this because I love that show. I've been watching that show for so long. So congrats for being on. But when did you know that it was time or how did you kind of sit with yourself and be like, you know what, this is my next move? Because a lot of people go on the show and the sharks kind of look at them and are like, why are you here? <laughs> like you didn't yeah. come at the right time. So why did that feel right for you? Yeah, um, you know, and it's so interesting because kind of like, everything like I mentioned previously like just things just naturally progressing the way that they have for me it's also I've gotten a lot of no's and I always take calls I always you know network or doing things that I'm like putting myself in the situation to get 
rejected and, you know, doors to open or doors to close. And I've allowed myself to kind of go with it, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like if it was supposed to be a no, it would be okay. Um, and I was okay with putting self, myself out there and going through the process and at any point of time it being a no. And I just allow myself to then take risks so that, you know, you do get more no's than yeses. But I kind of figured why not? Um, and if it was a no, then that's fine, you know, move on. But for me, it was like, if this is supposed to happen, it would be so clearly a yes that it would kind of just lay itself out. And it, it did. It was really like the most seamless, easiest process that I've gone through. I mean, a lot of work, just back end paperwork wise, but like it was pretty damn perfect. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. I watched it and I was like, this is so cool because they loved you and they loved your idea. How did that feel? Was that like kind of surreal? <laughs> it was. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of editing out of me being like, are you guys kidding? Are you okay? Like, this is fucking awesome because you know, you get, you just don't know. Right. And you're just allowing yourself to be so rejected on national television, which is like, it's traumatic to even watch yourself on TV, like your voice, everything, your face. You're just like, what am I saying? What am I doing? So that was already like, okay, I'm, I'm standing here. I'm going to, you know, everybody's going to see me and then potentially also hate my business idea. So you do feel like naked, but I, you know, it ended up being okay for me. And I think you got to take the risk, right? You got to shoot your shot. So I was like, let's just do it. <laughs> let's go. It's fun. Because after I watched yours, like my YouTube suggestion, a lot of them were like the top 10 companies that were rejected on Shark Tank and they're all like massive now. So I feel like yeah. people who are, you know, destined to succeed, regardless of if they do on Shark Tank or not, they're going to get there, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, yeah, they had, I think like Ring was like one of them that they said no to or something. It's like, it doesn't define you. And I think there's a lot of what I personally struggle with is like, you know, you're not the brand, right? Like, so if I got rejected up there, or sorry, if booty bag got rejected up there, it's not me getting rejected personally. It has nothing to do with the way I look or, you know, that they didn't like me. And I just think being able to separate those two things is like key, but very hard to do, you know? Yeah. And so I'm curious, just for those who like haven't seen us, if you, is, could you like walk us through kind of quickly, like your pitch and if you had like a plan of attack almost or, you know, the game plan? Yeah. For the pitch, um, they, they want it to be a little bit more entertaining, like TV than you would a natural like VC pitch. So um, you had to make it really quick and something that they wanted you to be like a little bit more forward for us, like <laughs> the suggestions of pitch were actually really corny. And I was like, there's no chance I'm doing this. I was like, listen, like I can be flir flirty and fun, but there's no chance you're getting me to say a few of these lines. <laughs> I was like, I'd die laughing. So um, it is like your pitch ultimately, but you do get coached on it. So um, I'd like to say I had a lot to do with it, but really it was for TV. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes perfect sense. Cause everything on TV is for TV. Yeah. <laughs> done it. So right. hearing you say that makes perfect sense. And some people are like, I guess, better at it than others. Like naturally. Did you? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was just hoping not to like, you know, pee my pants or do something crazy on national television. I couldn't wait to get through it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, pre-pitching, like we didn't, because of COVID, we weren't allowed to do any practicing. So it was like, just, okay, we're going to show you the stage one time. And by the way, you're going to be on national television when we show you. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's do it. 
So it's just like you're you're almost like so much adrenaline's going on that you feel like you black out is kind of like the feeling. How long do you actually stand there and like talk to them and negotiate versus like the amount that ends up on TV? Yeah, well, it, it's it's as long or as short as, it, you know, the company allows. I mean, people get up there and nothing comes out sometimes too, which is so, so sad. Or they get rejected really quickly. Or for example, like mine was an hour and they actually cut me off and they're like, okay, like this is... <laughs> enough because I was just up there and just like having the best time I was like these are my best friends I love them <laughs> this, is, an, oh, no this is the nicest thing I've ever done yeah but um it's not as like I don't know the only tv set I've ever seen is like through a tv and it looked like it seemed like it was gonna be super bright and like in your face and like uncomfortable but the setting's very um feels very intimate it feels very like you know it's dark actually and you don't have like that much mic the mics are so small. You don't really know you're biked up and they feel like they're talking to you. And it's so different than what it looks like on TV. It feels like you're kind of sitting in the living room and like chatting with Mark Cuban, which obviously it's a big production, but um, it doesn't feel like that when you're in it. Well, thanks for the inside scoop. Cause I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know that you ended up landing a deal with Kendra Scott. And so I'm very curious what like post Shark Tank life has looked like for you. One of my things, whenever I watch the show, I have to look it up immediately. Yeah, I'm like, cool. one of those things I just, I have to know. And I love when they do little recaps, but I feel like there's not a lot of information out there about what really happens after. Yeah. And so I don't know, you walked off that stage. What, what's next? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I had some champagne after I walked off the stage, of course. So I was like, are you kidding? But it was COVID too, which was like so terrible because you had to go back to your room, but whatever. I was still so, so stoked. Definitely had way too much champagne by myself. But um, post Shark Tank, it's an interesting process. I think anything with raising money and, you know, there's a lot of due diligence that still needs to go into it. And the show makes it like short and sweet and like, woo. But at, there's a lot of like background that goes into it. I think it's been five, eight months now, five months. And I'm still working through that process with Kendra. So um, can't like speak too much of it until it is a like officially closed deal. But I would assume that we're in the home stretch now and she's been as awesome as she was on TV. So just kind of ironing out the logistics. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I I am so curious. So maybe once you're allowed to talk more, I'll have more questions to yes, ask. Yes, for sure. Okay, cool. And so what like future plans do you have for Booty Bag now? Like you're working on this deal. Like I'm curious what yeah. the recent future. The more I like develop as an entrepreneur and a leader, there's just so much foundational things that we need to fix. Um, things that, because, you know, I didn't have the tools, the money, the knowledge in the beginning, you know, everything was done very scrappy. Um, I just had to now kind of go back and relay down that foundation, you know, fix my manufacturing, fix production, hire the correct team. I like hired, had hired originally like all my girlfriends, <laughs> which I mean, you know, it was five years ago now, but you know, just putting down just like the core of like, this is how you run a business. Here's how a process looks. Um, I had to kind of spend the last like two years doing that. So right now is all about fundamentals, going back to the basics and then leaning on to like project expansion, collecting a lot of data, developing the website, 
so that the customers just have a better shopping experience, more customizable. And I can't even think of like a five-year plan. I'm still in like the one to two and that's kind of where we're at for right now. Hey, that's perfect. I'm assuming your day-to-day, is it, do you even have like a normal schedule or is every different or is every day so different? Yeah. It feels like every day there's some sort of fire. Like we just put out fires as like my main role, but um, I'm super into education, trying new things. And I am a big like time blocker. Um, So I work on projects on certain days, they're themed days, you know, either it's like strategy day or marketing um, and just allows me to kind of time block and get things done that I maybe wouldn't just be on my to-do list and be, you know, more of a visionary that I need to and strategic planning, but every day is different. And that's also what I like about it. I feel like every month's different. Everything that we set up, we are constantly tearing down and re-putting back up. And I love that. I love the challenge of doing that. I love improving things along the way. So although maybe we're talking about the same thing, it's a totally different beast when it comes to like month to month. Cool. And are you running your business fully remote right now? Or is there a way for you guys to kind of like come together? Yeah, we've almost always been remote. I had originally started it in Denver and then um, moved back to San Francisco for a little bit. And when I had made that move, I relocated the team to being remote. And actually that's when I got kind of involved in entrepreneur um, organization. And with their guidance, they're like, go virtual. Here's how you kind of do it. And I was able to kind of pre-COVID get all the things implemented. So we really didn't feel like COVID affected our lives besides maybe our social lives, obviously outside of that, but work was hadn't been the same for years. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I definitely, my roommates, and I talk about this all the time, how desperately we want to be able to go to in-person classes for the sake of our learning. But I'm like, I live 20 minutes away from like the closest building I'm like, or walking wise. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I kind of, I'm comfortable in this remote work setting because I feel like there's more time to accomplish things. Right. I mean, that's kind of how we're able to talk right now in, you know, different States. And I feel like that wouldn't be the norm before. Yeah. This. It's so. good for a, t- a talent as well. Like I was, you know, I can get talent from anywhere. It doesn't have to be just, you know, Denver location. Um, which that was probably my biggest was, you know, being able to afford talent in other places um, because it's obviously cheaper outside of the cities, but yeah, I mean, it's been really cool. I do feel like I get a lot of FaceTime just between zoom and you're on Slack all day. And like, I mean, we interact, I mean, we're setting up like a virtual like painting and, you know, wine for the team. So, I mean, there's just creative ways you could still meet each other but I have teammates that I've never actually met in person which is also kind of odd yeah that's yeah. how I feel about most of my guests I'm like a lot of these people I'm like I've literally never interacted with you face to face ever which is so weird because you feel like you that know must them. be even weirder for you to like have yeah. to like you know manage and lead a team of people that you don't know yeah um, it's interesting because you just like I mean you never see them you know top bottom down so I think that's a little weird too to virtually see them and then you see them in person you're like oh you're taller than I thought you were (laughs) whatever but yeah all good oh my gosh okay well I kind of wanted to wrap up a little bit with like some overall entrepreneurship questions that I think some of my listeners could like you know gain from and like your personal journey is there like one thing that you 
noticed was like one of the biggest challenges. I'm sure there's so many and you face all the time, but I don't know if something significant like stands out to you in your business. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say the classic one, which I hate to say, but you know, don't take no as an answer. I think, um, I've been told, I think no is like such a traditional, like you're going to get so many no's and you shouldn't be afraid of no. And it's interesting because I just feel so passionately about like even putting out the product, like people are going to not like the product and it's how you choose to handle that feedback. You could either let it like, you know, cripple you, or you can allow that to have a growing moment or a way to um, form a product that they do like and take the feedback constructively. I mean, there's always going to be the feedback you don't listen to, of course, but I don't know. I just feel like as a leader and as somebody that wants to be a CEO of a company or, you know, develop a product, you have to be just so willing to be vulnerable and humble and kind of separate yourself from, you know, identifying with that product and allow the feedback to come in and um, don't take no for an answer, just pivot. Yeah. You kind of have to have like a strong, strong chest. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Don't let, don't let it get you down too hard. I'm curious, do you, okay. I don't know if you have a specific answer to this, but this is like the basic entrepreneurship question. I feel like is if you attribute more of your success to luck or skill. And I don't know if you've been asked this before, but I'm curious, like your thought process, your approach to answering that question. I do believe that hard, hard work is what brings luck. I don't think any of it's an accident. Timing obviously plays. And I think I didn't have a lot to risk. I didn't have a family. I didn't have like a high mortgage. I didn't have a lot of things. So it was easy for me to take that risk. And I can't say, you know, a lot of people are unfortunate in that position. Um, but no, I think you work your ass off. I really do. And I think it's, you know, kind of like you hit your head against the wall enough times you'll, you'll make it, you'll break through. And I think you're just stubborn and you're persistent and, um, I think anyone can do it. I think it's just about, you know, how much you're willing to take and cause it's, it's hard and it, and it will break anyone, even the toughest people down and you just you get up and you do it again and you put a smile on and that's just the process. It's not <laughs> all that it's like, you know, I think meant looks like on social media. And... Well, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I've asked, I feel like plenty of people that, especially like a lot of my teachers are like, you should like, you know, like this is the big debate around entrepreneurship. And I feel like everyone's answer is obviously like very unique. So dependent on like your circumstances and what it is that you're trying to achieve. So, right, right. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I did also want to ask you if there was like one thing, like your favorite thing about what it is that you do. Yeah, I think hands down the empowering women, but not only on the front end of like allowing these women to feel comfortable to post in their, you know, on our product, but I have an all women team and we, you know, I mean, I try to hire consultants that are women as well. And just, I love it. I think it's brings such a different, you know, I mean, I don't really have anything to compare it to, but um, obviously still work with men, but I just love having that dynamic in the team and supporting one another. And, you know, everyone's in a different walk of life, whether they're just having a baby or, you know, high school kids or no kids or just out of college. And it's so cool to see not only all of us come together when like shit hits the fan, but also just providing a product that we all wear and love. So 
it's just, it's a really cool like circle of life from seeing the products in development to interact with us to then in the community and how, you know, women of all different ages and sizes are also wearing it. Awesome. I, um, having all re- girl team sounds like, like a dream come true. I feel like yeah. Yeah. I picture like the ultimate work environment that just sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, we kind of touched on, I mean, I just love the fact that society is like so different now than when I feel like I grew up, but I just, I feel like everyone we hire is really there to lift each other up and support one another. And it's just, there's just no mean girl or culture. And that's just so different from what I kind of experienced in my past life. And I love it. I think that's the best. Mm -hmm. I was actually talking about this in my last episode. I was talking about like friendship and I was like, when you surround yourself with people who are actually good friends, I feel like it makes you start to realize what past friendships were like, you know? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with your team. You're only as good as the people you hire. So like you said, like we're just creating a culture that reflects those things. And now that I have a team of like eight women, it's really cool to see like, yeah, like we all are, you know, drink the same juice or whatever they call it, or I don't know what that term is, but we're all like super passionate about women and empowering women. And it really shows through from like, not only like our cult team culture, but on the brand as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for like sharing with me booty bag and all your experiences on Shark Tank. I love your story so much. This was so much fun to hear more about. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was very, very lovely to connect. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing everything with my viewers. It was so nice to talk to you. You too. College girls girls go crazy. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with founder of Booty Bag Ellie. I hope you guys learned something. You learned a new, you know, pathway to greatness and success and livelihood and I personally really enjoyed hearing Ellie's bit of advice and she honestly is very inspirational to me because what she's accomplished is something that I you know would really love for myself and so it was really cool to see face to face someone talk about their journey I feel like we hear a lot about people that do stuff like this and it was really cool to be able to actually like sit down and ask those nitty-gritty questions that I really wanted answers to and hopefully provide you guys with some new information and some new insight as per usual. Definitely check out Booty Bag. Get yourself a cute new set. Get your underwear subscription in the mail with your cutie packaging. Feel yourself. And yeah, definitely check out Ellie and Booty Bag and give her company some support and love. Give her all-woman team some support. Um, look forward to new episodes as always. And in between episodes, if you're looking for something to do, I post daily Instagram content. You can see all the nonsense that I am up to. Um, sometimes I struggle because like you guys, I spend a lot of time inside. Not only do I, are we in the middle of a pandemic where I have to pursue an online education? Um, it's also really cold in Colorado and snowing a lot, which doesn't really intrigue me to want to leave the house. But I do try my absolute hardest to keep things entertaining and let you guys in. There's honestly not a lot that I'm not willing to share. So if there's something that you want to see or for me to talk about more, let me freaking know. Tell your friends, follow and subscribe on whatever platform it is you like to listen to podcasts. We will talk very soon. And in the meantime, go crazy. College girls. College girls go crazy.